This episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by Hub City Comedy. Don't miss comedian Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg on Friday, October the 19th, 2018. Show starts at 8 p.m. Hattiesburg Sanger, right here in the Hub City. It's the night before homecoming, so come in town a little early, check out some comedy. You may have seen Hannibal uh, in the movie Spider-Man, Neighbors, Tag, Daddy's Home, he said specials on Comedy Central. He said specials on Netflix. You've seen him on just about all of the late night TV shows, the Eric Andre show, the Broad City on Comedy Central. The list goes on and on. So check out Hannibal. Don't miss the show. Google him. Make sure he's your speed of comedy before you come out. But that's Friday, October the 19th. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg the night before homecoming. We'll see you there. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. With me, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, man. Feels great after a win, doesn't it? Absolutely. We are here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We had a great weekend at The Rock, as you alluded to. And we will get into talking about that and more. But first, a little bit of news heading into the show. This Thursday, that is September the 27th, Southern Miss women's volleyball taking on Western Kentucky at Reed Green Coliseum. They are trying to set the attendance record. So if you're in the area, if you have the means to get to Hattiesburg, it's going to start at 6 p.m. at Reed Green Coliseum. It is a blackout. So wear your black. Come on out, support the gals as they go to uh, top the Hilltoppers and try to set the attendance record for volleyball. So it sounds like it could, it's going to be a great time there in the greenhouse. Also in the NFL, uh, it hasn't been officially announced by the 49ers, but Nick Mullins is expected to be called up by the 49ers after starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL this past weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. So Nick has been on the practice squad. They're expecting him to be promoted to the active roster, backing up C.J. Beathard. Um, if you will recall in the preseason, C.J. Beathard did not have the best preseason, and a lot of folks were clamoring for Nick. Nick, Nick was exciting. I mean, he had mm-hmm. uh, probably had too many turnovers, but he's the only one who really scored for the 49ers in the preseason. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there will be a lot of folks clamoring for Nick uh, as soon as C.J. Beathard does not throw his first touchdown in the game this coming weekend. Also, the Tennessee Titans announced today that they are signing former Southern Miss Golden Eagle quarterback Austin Davis. So Austin Davis spent the offseason with the Seattle Seahawks, um, was released. I think they released him with an injury designation. I don't even know if he was injured or not. I don't know how that works. But he was picked up today by the Titans. The Titans having a little bit of issues. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on with Marcus Mariota, but he's having some kind of nerve issues throwing. And um, 
I think Blaine Gebert's all they got. So they, they gotta do something to make sure they have somebody that can, can throw the ball. You know, it'd be really nice if Austin could finally land on a squad where he's not gonna be running for his life. I don't you know, know what to really say about that. I mean, he's got some weapon. He's got, um, you know, Derek Henry and he's got Deion Lewis. Um, Corey Davis, I keep waiting for him to break out. Uh, I think Delana, Delaney Walker's out. So he's got some weapons. You know, and that they won this past weekend, so you know they're not absolutely horrible. But yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see him just get in a, in a solid situation and see what he could do. Well, that's the closest that he's been, though. So if anybody wants to go check him out, you know, if he gets the if he gets the uh, if he gets the nod, then um, you know, that's a heck of a lot closer than Seattle. Absolutely. And and um, I guess Cleveland and St. Louis was. Kind of close, I guess, compared to the others, but not as close as Tennessee. So there yeah. you have it, at least for most of our listeners. All right. Well, oh, one more tidbit, one more tidbit of news. Um, I think I found out about this like right after we did the show last week, but Golden Eagle running back George Payne decided to hang up the cleats. He is um, ending his football career. Just too many nagging injuries. You know, it feels like he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Just could not quite get back up to form to play football. But so he decided to hang it up. So best of luck to George. Um, really was looking forward to seeing what he could do again. But I mean, that, that many injuries, it just takes a toll on you. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on the show before that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you could at least make the argument that he was the best running back on the team. And, um, is that, that at this point, it seems forever ago and short lived, but, um, you know, too bad for him. But, but if he's gone ahead and just making that decision, um, you know, he's making it early enough that, uh, you know, he can, he can limit that wear and tear on himself. So wish George all the luck in the world. The Golden Eagles took on the Rice Owls this past weekend. That's Saturday, September 22nd, 2018. Started off with a little rain, but it ended up being a great day at the Rock. Yeah, it was great to see a bunch of people. Uh, tailgating was good, except for, you know, Cooper and I were there uh, under the tent for, uh, what, a good solid 45 minutes or an hour, just sideways rain. Um, it wouldn't be a complete day at the Rock uh, without some kind of, you know, tailgate rainstorm. Right. <laughs> but, uh you know, we got to figure out a way to situate those tents a little bit better. We always put the one with the side piece on the end, but it seems like when the storms come through, they blow from the other way. So we've only been in that tailgate spot for the last seven or eight years. Maybe one of these years we'll figure it out. All right. Well, you can. I guess you can engineer that next next setup. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as I do it, it'll rain from the other direction. But. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly right. Well, we've got some guests today. Uh, Jason talked to a few of our friends, a few of our listeners, all three diehard Golden Eagle fans. So let's get it started. This is uh, Jason reporting from the Golden Eagle Black Ops tailgate. All right, 325, getting ready for Eagle Walk. Eagle Walk's about 35 minutes away. Been out here for a while, and I could not be any wetter than I am. We have puddles. Under the tent right now, but we've ran across we've ran across uh, one one of our favorite Twitter followers, really, um, guy named Smitty. Smitty, what's up? Hey man, what's up, uh, Bump? Yeah. Smitty, what's your real name? It's uh, Jeffrey Smith. Jeffrey Smith. Yeah, you right. got what's your what's your Twitter follow? Uh, it's at well, Smitty Eagle. 
Okay, that's Smitty Eagle. You guys go follow him. He's the one that puts out all the all the gifs or gifs or whatever you call them with uh, with me and Jamie on there, and usually Shannon Dawson like popping out of a tent, and me throwing him <laughs> under a bus, yeah, or whatever. Photo edits, you just never know what I'm gonna come up with, you know. All right. Well, we we really appreciate you kind of like you know just tagging along with the oh, show yeah. and all that. Um, so tell me about. Uh, did you go to Southern Miss? I did. I, I came here uh, 1994. You know, kind of came on board. I uh, think we'd won like three games the year before, so you know, kind of started going to the home games. Uh, 95, 96. You know, I was I was bought in, started getting season tickets, Eagle Club. So obviously for me, uh, and I was just telling somebody that a little while ago, that 97 squad, you know, I was there for the build-up, watching mm-hmm. Marchant and all those guys, Lee Roberts, mm-hmm. come in, and, and that's just kind of my all-time favorite team. But, I, you know, that 97 season really, you know, has always set the bar for me. But but I've been I've been coming to, to the Rock since 94. Cool. I'm not far behind you. I actually started in 97 coming back. I think I came down a few times during high school. But came to school here in 97 and never looked back. Right. So where do you guys normally, like, what's your normal pattern as far as, like, you know, Saturday, game day at the Rock? Do you guys get here on Friday? Do you live in town? How do you guys do that? No, we're from, well, I grew up around Macomb living in Tylertown. So, you know, it's just a short, you know, Hattiesburg is town for us. So we normally get here about three hours or so before kick. Um, you know, it's a family affair. It's me, my wife, my daughter, my father, and we always have a fifth or sixth. We, you know, we buy about six season tickets. Uh, we always like to go to different tailgates, walk around campus, but obviously we're at every Eagle Walk. That's something we do. And my routine is after Eagle Walk, I'm one of those guys, I wait for the gate to open, and I like to sit there and watch the kickers kick and us warm up. And as you know, so, so if the gate's open, uh, I'm in the stadium. All right, so we got so we got Rice today. Yeah, uh, Rice is the team that is they're not they're atypical of Conference USA opponents, really. You know, they're they're going to kind of line it up. It's not uncommon for them to have two tight ends, zero wide receivers, maybe two backs in the set. So, how do you feel like Southern Miss is going to stack up today? Well, you know, I think we're we're going to stack up real good because that's the one thing that that our youth on the defensive side is in the secondary, but we're more athletic than we've been. And I think first two games, all in all, they've held their own. And I think obviously we're deep at linebacker, got a really good uh, defensive line that can rotate, and our guys are fast and they like to hit. So I think somebody, if they want to come in there and just run it at us and say stop us, I think that's actually going to play into into our strength. So I'm, you know, I I, I don't worry about them even trying to pass it and or run it so uh you know obviously my coming in is just with everybody else you know we're just looking at the offense we got we got the ability we got the talent hopefully this is the saturday that the coaches can just kind of make the right calls and us bring it together so you know i understand rice is a challenge obviously rice can beat us they beat us in the past and we're the kind of team that at this point we need to bring our a game every saturday didn't have it against monroe but you know i think uh everything that i've seen and heard these kids are hungry so i'm i'm ready to get in the rock and and watch us you know kind of get that bad taste of out of our mouth and and get the w absolutely uh quadra griggs coming back um i would suspect he would get on the field i mean listening to what um nick suss has reported so far it looks like quadra is at least going to be in there you know in some capacity during this game what do you expect out of quadra 
Well, I'm going to tell you what. Obviously, he carried us good last year, and I really wasn't expecting him to maybe see the field a little bit coming in. But obviously, after what Coach Hobson has seen, it looks like he's kind of hadn't missed a beat, has the chemistry, has come in and, and done it. I really think uh, when he does does touch the ball, I think it's going to be nothing but a plus for us. Obviously, he has the chemistry, and I think one of the things that I read into it is the players like him. You know, so it's definitely he's not he's not divisive, and I think he's just he's going to give us a little bit more of the experience edge. A little bit more mobile guy. Obviously, you know, he can make, uh, wasn't the most accurate, but can make the throws. But I think, you know, with Jack uh, still being the number one and getting that experience and having Quadra, I think that puts us in the position we need to be in. Because, hey, you need to have two guys for the whole season anyway. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking if he sees the field tonight, I'm actually think we're going to see him do some pretty good things. All right, man, final question. What's your uh, score prediction for tonight? Hadn't thought about it, but let me, uh, if I had to pick it, I'm going to say Southern Miss 42, Rice 17. I like it. Southern Miss 42, Rice 17. You heard it here first. <laughs> Book it, says Smitty. Hey, man, appreciate you coming on. All right. And uh, take it easy, brother. Yes, sir. To the top. To the top. Okay, 439. Uh, we're looking at an hour and 20 minutes before game time. And I ran across one of my one of my one of my good buddies, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, a guy named Chad Dickens. Chad, what's up, man? Hey, Justin, how you doing, man? Good to be here. It's good to see yeah. you again. Uh, I mean, I hadn't seen you since I guess last year at the uh, Biloxi tournament, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, baseball tournament. Uh, yeah, where we got that one game in. Yeah, and uh, we had a few few beverages. Yeah, but you what? guys, what we did for those of you who didn't make the baseball tournament at MGM and Biloxi. We had like 17 lightning delays when it was perfect weather outside the entire time, and Chad and I ended up sitting outside of uh, mugshots. Um, mugshots for a couple of um, for a couple of hours, and then like three or four other bars. But anyway, Chad, you bring you, you have a very interesting story as far as like how you became a Southern Miss fan, and then I know you entered into the military later on. So could you just kind of tell the listeners about that? Yeah, sure. Um, first game of my first Southern game, I guess I was seven. So I've been 77 with my dad, uh, my whole family actually, um, and been coming to Southern games since then. Um, been a fan since then. Uh, made many memorable road trip. Uh, Tallahassee, oh Lord, don't make me lie what year it was. It's been the early 80s with Reggie and all those boys went down. Uh, beat the snot out of Bobby, 56 to, uh, what was it, 17, something like that. Jamie's the stat guy. You know, he does all those things. Um, you know, and it's just for the last 40, for, for the last 41 years, you know, it's just been a huge Southern fan. Um, I wish I'd had the grades to get into Southern, to be an alum, but, you know, hey, it, it is what I'm meant to be. But, yeah, you're right. I joined the military, joined the Marine Corps uh, out of high school and uh, spent spent six wonderful years with the Marines and uh, matter of fact I got two friends of mine here with us today that are retired Marines um, and you know it's good to be back on campus mm-hmm. you know I love coming home to Hattiesburg and uh, and being around all the great fans being all the great people like yourself Jamie uh, all my old friends that have been here and uh, <laughs> making new ones and Miss Ramona here aren't you a little cutie <laughs> so uh, yeah you know it's been a great 41 years and I hope there's there's many more to come well, thank you so much for your service, first of all. Oh, uh, but, but you lived around Jackson, Mississippi for yeah. quite a while, right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about about the dynamic of as, as far as like living in Jackson and being kind of in the middle of SEC Where country, you your Ole Miss, your Mississippi State people, and then, you know, your Southern Miss fan right in the middle of it? Yeah, it, it was tough, especially growing up. You know, a lot of my old friends, you know, State and Ole Miss fans. Uh, you know, the early 80s, it, it, 
you know, when we were still playing state and Ole Miss and Jackson and everything, it wasn't that bad. You know, everybody got along really great. You know, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, and no nothing, no disrespect to state. You know, they've they've made huge improvements and they've come along. Uh, but then in the eighties and everything going up in Jackson, you know, they just they weren't that relevant. You know, but now they've they've become somewhat relevant in the West. And again, I don't mean disrespect to them, but they were they've been they've been bottom feeders, as I call them, mm-hmm. especially in the eighties and getting the big paycheck. You know, so it wasn't so bad. However, you know, into the nineties, it got a little, it got worse and worse. You know, just being you know being a Southern fan, you know, you got the beat down. Oh, you guys stink. This, that, the other. Yeah, great. We didn't have a great record, but you know what? We still made the bowl games. You know, we still got decent sized crowds here at the Rock. Which I'm hoping for today. Hope we get a good size one today. Um, you know, so yeah, it's been tough being in the state. You know, especially being a Southern fan, the little brother, state no miss. But and I did an interview uh, several years ago for, for for Southern, and there's nowhere else I'd rather be on a Saturday in the fall than right here at Southern Miss at the Rock than the junction or whatever it is up at the state or whatever they call it up at Oxford. <laughs> I'd rather be here, you know, because of just the way people are, mm-hmm. you know, friendly, welcoming. And again, no disrespect state, no miss. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all are friendly, welcoming and everything, but here at Southern, it's just, it's different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you know, it just, I really, there's no words, Jason, to describe it. Because of how special it is being here in Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing how Southern has grown from when I was coming down here as a kid, tailgating on the old intramural field, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you did with your dad, right? You know, to seeing what it is now, mm-hmm. you know, um, you can't beat being here, you know. But yeah, it's tough, girl. It was tough as a kid, but you know what? We went through some lean times, and now I think we are back headed to the top, right? So I'm I'm really excited to see what happens from here on out. So as far as the as far as the game goes today, um, you know that one point loss to Monroe. Everybody, yeah. You know we had to talk a bunch of Southern Miss people off the ledge. After a little that bit, a little bit. Um, yeah. Me, myself included. Um, but you know, Quadra Griggs coming back this week—that was the big news. Um, it looks like he's going to be getting in the game, at least according to all the notes I've read from Nick yeah. and everybody else. So, as far as the game today, I mean, what are your expectations? What, what do you see out of Southern Miss today? Well, my, well, my expectations are a big old fat win. You know, that's my expectation, just like everybody else. Um, I'm going to call it uh, 24-21. Uh, I think it's exciting to get Griggs back. You know, um, everybody, you know, when everybody found out that uh, he was going to be gone for an indefinite amount of time, you know, it, I think that took the sales out of everybody. But when they saw Jack come in, do it again as Jack State, uh, everybody's spirits kind of lifted up a little bit. Then it, even last week against ULM. Yeah, a couple of calls to turnovers, but that's always that's always bit us in the rear end is the cost of turnovers. You know, I hope um, you know I hate that we had last week off, but however, you know, with everything that was going on up in North Carolina, and I hope everybody uh, it w- was safe up there and got out when they had to. Uh, but I hope they used that week of prep, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to get you know to to clean everything up, mm-hmm. so to speak, right. you know. Uh, but I think getting Griggs back in there, getting him a little bit of playing time, you know, seeing what how, seeing what he can do, I think it's going to help everybody. I think it's really going to help the team up um, because he really did a great job last year for us. He really did, you know. And having 
you know, and I, and I hate to use that that, that cliche term of dual threat quarterback because that's what he is. You know, he can throw it, and he's got the legs. You know, whereas Jackson's got the arm. You know, a little bit of a Nick Mullins style runner. You know, not real swift or Brett Favre. You know, he's kind of sluggish, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, but he's got the but he's got a cannon. You know, uh, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what Grizz can do today, uh, especially to get him there for a few series. I think he'll do a great job. Absolutely. Well, dude. Thanks for uh, stopping in with us, man. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been too long. And uh, next time we make it down to Pensacola, definitely plan on looking you up, man, to the I, top. You should, to the top. Go Eagles. Okay, 521. The last interview before we walk into the Rock. Um, standing right here with my good buddy John Adam Hagney. What's up, man? Man, hey, we're doing good, dude. Uh, the weather has uh, cleared out, and we are excited about this game. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a complete Southern Miss football game unless we had like at least like an hour long like torrential downpour. I know, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, hopefully it didn't scare off a lot of people. But hey, here we are. Hey, you know what? We can't do anything about attendance. All we can do is keep showing up, start winning some football games. Everybody will come back, right? I know the people that are here are ready to go on the rock, and we're ready to raise the little hell. So absolutely. So you guys still get right next to us. We met a couple seasons ago. Um, you used to live in Jackson. Now I believe you're on you're in you're on the coast somewhere. Yes, uh, I am uh, living in Gulfport, and I teach at St. Martin. Okay, what do you teach? Uh, I teach uh, psychology, sociology, and world history. That's a lot of stuff. I, I tell you what, I'm very, very blessed with a, a great faculty, a great staff, great administration, and the kids are awesome. When did you graduate from uh, Southern Miss? I graduated in spring of 09. Okay, and I was like 2000. So we're about a decade apart. How old are you? Uh, I am 35. Okay, I'm 41. Uh, but hey you, hey, you look good though. I so do. You, you're looking great. Somebody told me you don't need a six pack as long as you got a case. I ain't got a six pack either. <laughs> hey, let's talk about it. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Like, what what are you guys as far as um, you always tailgate next to us? Do you guys come down the night before? Uh, everybody's from out of town. Like, how do you guys coordinate that? Uh, so we got a bunch of guys. Like, some of them have graduated uh, from USM. Some of them are still in school. We probably have about half that come down uh, Friday the night of, and then the other half probably come up from the coast, and the rest of them just come down from Jackson. So we kind of just like conglomerate Mm -hmm. uh, the morning of, Mm -hmm. and we all get here about 9 o'clock, and we set up, and uh, we just let the good times roll. Oh, I know. I believe me. We can hear it from the uh, from right across the way with with, with the uh, with the live play by play of the beer pong. That's pretty awesome. Um, so as far as the game goes today, we're all getting ready to walk in today. We've talked to a couple different people. Uh, we know the Quadra's kind of going to make a comeback. We know that we had a one point loss. We know that everybody was kind of ticked off about that. But uh, you know this this you know this buy that we seem to receive because of the hurricane, I think helped us out a lot. I think we come out victorious today. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm not going to lie, a lot of people, you know, uh, two weeks ago, they, it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But the thing is, like, if you graduated from here, even if you didn't graduate from here, if you're a fan, hey, show up here, tailgate. The weather has been great, except for about an hour, which we had some rain. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in the stadium. We're going to make a hell of a lot of noise. And we're going to, I feel like we're going to get the victory. Uh, Score. If you ask me, I say, mm, let's see, about 35 to 10. 35 to 10, I like it. Spread's sitting right at 14 right now. 
Uh, that means we're going to put some points on the board. I really appreciate you telling me that. Thanks so much for showing up for the interview. To the top. Hey, to the top, baby. Let's do the thing. That was John Adam Hackney, Chad Dickens, and Smitty. That was a great time, man. Oh, man. Great to see all those guys, especially, you know, Smitty. That's the first time I met Smitty. And, um, well, you, as you heard, I had to ask what his name was. <laughs> I don't care what – I mean, yeah. it's Jeffrey, but still, like – It's Smitty. It's Smitty. It's I don't care. Smitty. Right. No, super guy, man. Just so, so cool to hear the different, you know – as far as how they became Golden Eagle fans, how long they've been fans, what's their routine, when do they go set up? Uh, everybody's got their own way that they do it, but like you said, one, one thing we all share is is this love for Southern Miss, and um, and I want to meet every single solitary one of you. Uh, it's not hard to find us out there tailgating right next to Southern Hall, so just feel free to come on by and um, and chop it up with the uh, to the top talk tent anytime. Well, it was a great day inside the stadium, you know, the Golden Eagles pulling out the victory. You know, it was one of those things where I think a lot of people were nervous after the ULM game, but mm-hmm. those that pretty much keep an even keel kind of had a feeling we were going to run away with this one. Golden Eagles winning 40-22. to Now that we have sports betting in the state, uh, we covered the spread. Golden Eagles <laughs> currently 2-1 and on the season and 2-1 and against the spread. Um I just saw an interesting article, and I guess we'll get to that when we get to the game, upcoming game this week regarding us against the spread and how they think we're going to fare. But let's go back to the Rice game. So one of the questions heading into this Rice game was, you know, from people just from an outsider's perspective, they were wondering, okay, Quadre Griggs is back. Is he going to come right in and start? And the people who've been following the program knew you know, he's not going to come back and start. Or if you have any kind of football knowledge at all, you know that you can't take that much time off and come right back in and be mm-hmm. the starting quarterback. Uh, but Jack really took it a step further this weekend, submitting his hold on the, uh, the starting quarterback spot, completing 25 of 34 passes for 428 yards and four touchdowns through one interception. That is the fourth best passing total in school history. On the year now, Jack Abraham averaging 349.3 yards through three games with 10 touchdowns and three interceptions. That 30, uh, 349.3 ranks 13th nationally in passing yards per game. So Jack coming in and, and lighting it up kind of as was anticipated. Jack is, um, you know, it's the kind of guy, um, and I know you and I were talking about it off the air that, I think Dawson's kind of been looking for, right? Since he got here. Um, and I think everybody kind of knows where I stand. I, I, well, I want to say I'm team Quadra because I've always kind of been team Quadra, but I'm team whoever gets us more victories, right? And at this point, as, as, as outstanding of an athlete as, as Quadra is, uh, you can't argue with those stats that you just, that, that you just spit out, um, are they maybe a, a bit misleading with the shovel passes? Probably a little bit. And that probably, you know, tilts it towards passing over, over rushing. And so people think we're not running the ball, but, um, boy, that dude is just precise. Uh, if, if I had to, if I had to pick one word to describe Jack Abraham, um, and I only have one word to pick, I would just pick precise. He is just on the money. Um, I think, with, I think with, Shannon with, Dawson's ideal quarterback would run, be able to run the ball better though. 
<laughs> you said the quarterback he's been looking well, for. The accuracy well, for sure. Yeah. If he could combine Keon and, and Abraham, that would be um Cabraham. Cabraham. Yeah. <laughs> but no, man. I mean, heck, you you can't argue with those stats and uh what is he like eighth in the country in passing yards right now? Uh well uh, passing per game, I think it said what, thirteenth? Okay. He's up there. I mean, he's, you know, you have to factor in that we, we didn't have the Appalachian State game or Appalachian State game. So, you know, there's no telling yeah, where the stats would be with that. So if you go by per game, I mean, 10 touchdowns in four games is still pretty solid, much less three. So, um, yeah, Jack, and, and I don't know if you're going to ask me this question or not, but, um, people are going to f- flip their lid when, when I start giving props to Coach Dawson, but uh, man, uh, the, the people that wanted creative play calling, you got it. The people that wanted, hey, when it's third and inches or third and one, you give it to the big guy. Everybody in the stadium knows it's coming, and you do it anyway, and you get it. Uh, you got that too. Um, you got what those jet sweep. You got those end arounds. You got the shovel pass. He threw the ball downfield. He, he, he I think. If I'm not mistaken, Jason Washington caught like a 50-yard bomb one time. That's a tight end. We didn't think we had one of those the last couple of years. So I don't know. I don't know if if I don't know what happened. Uh, maybe it just all finally worked like it was supposed to work, like it, like Dawson's been saying the whole time. But uh, he kind of got everybody involved and and looked really good, you know, all the way around. And if we do have some some rushing woes, he found a way around it. So yeah, I mean just. You know, way to go, Dawson. Do it some more. And, you know, it's it's tough to gauge where we really are at this point. I mean, Rice Rice was definitely a game opponent, but, you know, with the three opponents we had, we really don't have an idea about how good this team actually is going to be. But I think you have to certainly feel better after the other night. That You know, some people just melt down after the first play on Twitter and lose their minds about everything. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. uh, you, you had you can't to please it. everybody. You, you, you know, and you're never can. gonna please everybody. And it seems like the ones that are not pleased are the most vocal every single time. No, oh, absolutely. Well, you mentioned the rushing attack, and one of the things that was being clamored for was everybody wanted to see Steven Anderson and Trevinsky Mosley and kind of see what they could bring to the rushing game, given how anemic the rushing game had been in the first two games. So Steven Anderson comes in, eight carries, 52 yards. That's 6.5 yards per carry for a touchdown, a long of 20. Travinsky Mosley, nine carries, 42 yards, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. He also caught two passes for eight yards as well. So he, he you know, he seems like he's going to be the young, uh, versatile back with, with Steven Anderson kind of being your, your hammer. You know, your guy's going to go in there and bowl people over. Mm-hmm. I would expect to see against, you know, a team like Auburn this weekend, I would certainly expect to see a heavy dose of Steven Anderson at certain points throughout the game. Oh, absolutely. And, and just, you know, and again, back to Dawson, just his creative usage of, of our weapons across the board, including these new guys, Mosley and Anderson and McLaurin. How good did McLaurin look? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, and we were talking about the Auburn game and and the spread. Uh, to me, and I'm an extreme homer 
doesn't it seem like we have just so many weapons to where I think we're going to score some points, right? I don't think it's just possible that we just like aren't going to make a tackle and aren't going to score a point. Um, so we'll get into that spread later, but uh, if it stays around that 30 point mark, uh, daddy's going to get down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another breakout uh, star in the game, DeMichael Harris, four catches for 99 yards, averaging 24.8 yards per reception. He had a great game. You know, I know he was a little banged up this summer, but now that he's finally getting his legs underneath him, so to speak. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. saw the speed that he brought. In addition to Quez Watkins, five uh, receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Jalon Adams, who, who's been solid, four receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. Tim Jones, four receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown. Um, Tez Parks had a 14-yard receiving touchdown. I mean, when you're throwing, when your quarterback is throwing for 400-plus yards, there there are plenty of receptions and yards to go around, apparently. There's just wide receivers zooming around all over the place, you know, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, down the field, across the middle. Um, it's really cool to watch. And, and look, I, and I also would like to give a little bit of credit to Rice. I, I think that Rice is going to win some football games this year. Um, I think that they played directly into our strength. We referred to it on the last episode where we thought that that power rushing attack, the two tight end set, two running back, zero wide receiver, would probably play right into the hands of Sutter Miss because we're so deep at the linebacker spot, right? And I think it kind of did. Um, we still had to go out there and make the plays, but we did. And I think we also probably cut down on penalties. I don't have the stats right here in front of me, but it seems like we were getting flagged way less this year. Um, that plays into it. And um, and then we also just had the ability to, to move the, move the sticks. We ran into some problems with that last year. Uh, where there were several times where our defense just had to stay on the field, right? Um, that's that's something that's going to have to continue this week, obviously, just moving the sticks. Um, and it's funny how when you need a short yard and you put in Anderson, you seem to get to move the sticks, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just you know, it's hard to be. It was hard to be any lower than I was last week after. Well, two weeks ago after Monroe, and it's. Almost impossible to be any higher than I am right now just because we don't really know what's going to happen, but we see what we're capable of. And I, I feel like everybody's kind of jumping on board. I think people are buying in. And and Jack's let's, – let's face it, Jack's getting more comfortable with every single snap. Um, he's still a little big guy back there, and it scares the crap out of me this weekend uh, that Auburn might kill him. But um, if we can keep him upright just a little bit, that offensive line looked, looked so much better last week. Um you know, nobody gave Old Dominion any, any any chance last week either. And, you know, they pretty much handled Virginia Tech. So, Hey, you know, do you remember when we had Suss on this summer and he talked about the story from Jack's dad when um, Jack's dad, they were, I believe, when, he, when Jack was at Oxford, they were taking on Callaway. And Jack just got, like, waylaid by Breland Speaks and uh, set up for, like, a third and 18 or something like that. And Jack came right back. Mm-hmm. And just gunned it for a first down. Like, right. It just, he's got a little bit of that toughness in him. And, you know, he's a smaller guy. You know, he's probably going to get the breeze and, you know, choir boy Baker Mayfield comparisons <laughs> because of his height. But, um, he definitely is a field general. You can, you can tell that about him. Even with his size, he still does a, a great job commanding the offense and, and making things happen. Um, you mentioned the penalties. 
we were flagged five times for 39 yards and Rice three times for 30 yards. So obviously these were not Conference USA officials. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, turnovers, we threw one interception. They threw two interceptions, so we won the turnover battle this time around. Time of possession as well. Um, those two interceptions, uh, kind of big plays in the game. Uh, one of them, uh, Rashawn Mitchell returned at 45 yards and Ty Williams also had an interception. Defense had a great day. I mean, you hold uh, the Rice Owls to, I think they gave up one big rushing play, but other than that, they pretty much had held the Owls in check. Um, the only yeah. thing that really, con- looking at the stat line, the one thing that really concerns me is we had zero sacks. We it's had, weird, isn't it? It's it so is. weird. I mean, I thought the defense played really solid and, um, a bunch of solo tackles, a bunch of solo tackles. We had a couple of quarterback hurries. You know, you look at the total yards. Rice only had 262 total yards in the entire game, 125 yards passing and 137 yards rushing. So, I mean, no matter who you play, that's pretty stellar to hold like, a team. Ha- yeah. And, and half those rushing yards are on one play. Right, right. Uh, I don't know, man. I can't figure out this sack thing. And maybe it's a good thing. If you've watched any NFL lately, have you seen you've seen the, those two uh, plays that Clay Matthews has been flagged for? Right, right. Uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's assignment. Maybe it's we're just not getting home. Um, maybe we're just filling a gap, keeping them inside. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I thought that Monroe game, it was just because that guy ran all over the place. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really weird how you, how you're so impressive defensively, which continue to impress in my eyes. Um, playing that assignment football, secondary creating turnovers. And then you look at that stat line at the end of the game and you're like, wait, 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 what, what, we didn't get a sack? How, how, you know? <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, I know there were some, que- like people who are not familiar with the program. I know there were some questions about, Losing Coach Pecorero, which I really like Tony Pecorero. I thought he did a great job. You know, it was a boomer bust defense a lot of times. That being said, it was Hobson's defense. And you can, and, and as he's getting more of his players, you can kind of see that you're having less of the giving up the big plays, you know, than we maybe we used to. Certainly against Rice last year. Um, yeah. So, and Coach Pecorero, God bless him, down at FAU, uh, got, housed by UCF. I believe he's been housed twice in, you know, two of their first, I guess, four games so far this season. I mean, they played some pretty stout opponents, but, you know, I think, I think those that knew, we'd, we knew we'd be fine as long as Hobson was still here as far as the defensive scheme and setup, you know, goes. So I think right now we're giving up just over 16 points a game. I had that note around here somewhere. Uh, if you can keep that, the entire year, uh, you're going to win, you know, your, your fair share of football games for sure. One thing we haven't touched on yet, the uniforms, the tight, so, so brought out, uh, I, I, I guess you could call it an alternate black Jersey. They were kind of comparable to what we wore the past couple of years, the Batman Jersey with the gray, uh, numbers or charcoal numbers and the gold outline black jerseys. And then I love the gold pants mm-hmm. with the, black stripe on them. I thought that was one of our sharpest uniforms 
last year that we wore. So kind of a, uh, you know, comparable to those unis. They looked really sharp. Um, so I guess this will be our first away game coming up this weekend. We'll get to see what the white ones look like. Well, um, white starts with W. That probably shouldn't be a saying. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, man. Especially I, 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 in, the, in Mississippi. we should. I don't know if that should oh, be. Oh, yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see here. All right. So do you have anything, anything else about the Rice game or the game this weekend? Anything we need to touch on? Not really. I mean, like I said, I'm just glad that we, uh, I'm glad we came out there with a W and, and I'm glad that it was convincing. I'm glad we covered and, you know, and we, when we sent them home packing, uh, and I saw some quotes from their coach, uh, I saw some quotes from their coach, uh, earlier today and, um, uh, our good friend Billy Porter that lives over in Houston, he was listening to a radio sh- radio show in Houston, and this is what the coach had to say. said that USM took us to the woodshed and gave it to us good, and we are lucky to get out of Mississippi alive. <laughs> wow. So that was cool. That's cool to hear, and it's cool that he heard it over there, and I agree with him 100%. And I mean, I, like 40 to 22, like, I mean, you got, you know, beat pretty, but, but like, when I think of lucky to get out alive, I'm thinking like seventy five to nothing. Right, way more than that. Right, I agree. But still, man, I like hearing it. I like seeing yeah. our name next to that and that swagger that we're all hoping that we get back. We all think we're inching towards um, stuff like that. Makes me think we're inching a little bit closer than maybe even I think we are. And uh, we can take a major step forward this weekend. And I was thinking about that earlier. You know, you look at the the non-existent senior class this year. I mean, most of the contributors right now in Southern Miss football are, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors. I mean, mm-hmm. so this these guys are only going to grow as they get to play together. I mean, you think about Abraham playing behind this line with these receivers, with you know, Mosley and Anderson, obviously, and then you throw in Mayberry and more. I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see how this team progresses and you know, I think the timeline everybody was talking was, you know, next year we should be even better than the year after that should really be the telltale year of, you know, we finally got our roster back. We've got all this experience. We've got all this depth. So I'm just trying to keep an even keel during this season. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, enjoy what happens. No ex- expectations are the, uh, I forgot what the quote is, but expectations, um, what is it? Expectations. Uh, reality minus expectations equals happiness. And I think you get disappointed when you think, oh, we're going to go into this game and blow this team out or whatever. And at this point, man, I'm just after 2012 through 2013, I'm just happy to have some wins again. You, you can't ever take that for granted. Nope. Cannot. And I don't think either one of us, you know, jumped on that. Hey, we're going to win 11 this year boat. I thought that was crazy talk. Um, if I had to, if I had to say right now, okay, what do you think? I think seven would maybe what I would roll with. I would, I would agree. And if maybe we get to make up that App State game, uh, you know, but, 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 you know, we both picked what six to eight. Well, I think, I think neither one of us picked six, but I think we both kind of expect six. That's kind of like the minimum, right? Right, right. 
And at this point, especially with losing a game, I think eight is, you know, got to be near the ceiling. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and double digits is just everything in the world would have to go right. I know you strap them on every week and blah, 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 but, you know, insert football cliche here. But I'm with you. Let's just, let's just play solid football and, uh, and let these kids grow right in front of our face. I mean, you know, Trace Clopton's going to be snapping the ball to Jack Abraham. Um, from now until my kid is five years old, you know, so I mean, he just turned two. So let's just, let's, let's just, uh, let's just pump the brakes just a little bit on, on, on letting these guys, you know, be world beaters and just let them go out there and be football players. And, uh, and this future looks extremely bright. I agree. Let's move on and talk about the game this weekend. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles at the Auburn Tigers. This game, of course, will take place at Jordan Hare Stadium in the metropolis of Auburn, Alabama. This game is going to take place at 3 p.m. It will take place on the SEC network. So for the majority of the fans that aren't making the trip to Alabama, you can watch the game on the Southeastern Conference network and uh, maybe mute the sound. I don't really know how I'm going to do that just yet. We'll see. John Cox. John Cox, there you go. What's well, the thing? Like you watch it on TV and the radio, it, there's always like a time difference between the two. Here's you what know? you do. Yeah, well, you got to go outside on the radio, and if it sounds exciting, you run inside and watch it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. We'll see what happens. But anyways, you mentioned uh, press conference from Rice. Let's hear a little bit from this week's press conference. At Auburn, as head coach Gus Malzahn discusses the upcoming game with the Golden Eagles. Looking forward to our fourth straight uh, home game in the month of September. It's also homecoming. It's a very special time for all of our fans. I know our, our coaches and our players are excited about that, too. Playing a very good team in Southern Mess, a team that uh, went 8-5 and five last year. Uh, went to a, a good bowl, uh, good bowl game offensively. They can really throw it. I think they're eighth in the country in passing yards, their quarterback and receivers. Uh, they, they're very impressive defensively. They're, not, they're ninth in total defense. Uh, they play extremely hard. Um, they put a lot of pressure on, on the offense and a very well-coached team. And Coach Hobson's a guy that uh, when he was at Alcorn State and I was at Arizona State, we played against each other, so we do know each other uh, fairly well. All right, that was head coach Gus Malzahn. Obviously, a lot of respect for the Golden Eagle program. Um, you know, you have to take some of those things he said with a grain of salt, given, you know, our strength of schedule as of right now. But I agree, we do have a solid football team. Before we move on, let's listen to one more clip from Coach Malzahn and his press conference. Offensively, obviously, um, you know, we weren't pleased. But I think, you know, you got to look at the big picture. And the reality is that, Wait, what was that? Was that a reality is? <laughs> was that a the reality is from Coach Malzahn? Is he, you know, he took our old offensive coordinator, made him his, and now he's going to take our coach's sayings? <laughs> <laughs> I picked up on that earlier uh, when I was clicking on Auburn's uh, stats. And, um, yeah, um, how cool would it be if we won that game and we got to go straight to the presser with uh, Coach Hobson and he threw that in there as well? That would be cool. And, you know, I think Coach Rap Hobson would be like, he he would he. I think he's gotten mindful of saying reality and he tries to do it out. But like when he gets 
like in the zone, he'll just mm-hmm. spit them out. So he I does. think after a game like that, I think he would bring it back and, you know. Oh, the, yeah, the, there would be a reality. There'd be a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He'd bring all back. That's the bottom line. Yeah. He'd have all those. He'd have all the good stuff there. I mentioned Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Um, he also had a stint in Auburn a few years before this, but in between the two, he was the offensive coordinator here at Southern Miss. Also was Nick Mullins high school coach back in the day, back in, um, Spain Park, Alabama. But Chip Lindsey was the offensive coordinator during the 2015 year, one of the most successful offensive seasons we've ever had. You know, of course, Todd Munkin was the head coach at the time, but he's going to be a guy that's familiar with Southern Miss and, and certainly had a hand in recruiting a few of these players. That's true, man. I didn't think about that, but, um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of night and day as, as, as far as those two programs go, in my opinion, don't you think? I mean, offense, I mean, just everything is just kind of different. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely. And, as far as being familiar with those guys that he recruited, for sure, no doubt. I mean, he knows the guys that are burners. He knows, um, you know, he probably knows if there's a guy that makes his cut to the left quicker than he makes his cut to the right or whatever. So, um, sure, I mean, it never hurts to, to know your opponent. And um, he's probably got a little bit of an inside track, even if it was, you know, what, three years ago. But And he knows the Southern Miss mentality. He knows, you know, kind of the chip on our shoulders, the blue-collar guys, you know. Uh, guys that feel like they've got to earn everything. I mean, he he knows that, so he he probably has an idea of what he is going to be up against this weekend. Can you believe this is their fourth home game in a row? Well, we've had our we just finished three of them. Yeah, <laughs> I know it was an anomaly, but yeah, it's it's fourth it's game so, in a row at homecoming. Goodness, that's yeah. like what we used to do to Louisiana Lafayette. Speaking of uh, all-time series, you know, it is homecoming. Auburn, 7-5, and five, all-time against the Golden Eagles, series that dates back to 1946. The Tigers are 15-4 in games played in Auburn, and they won the most recent matchup 27-13 in 2008 against Larry Fedora's first-year Golden Eagles. You know, I've been going back lately, and I've been finding on this day. So on this day... You know, for example, tomorrow, as of this recording, uh, the game I chose was from 2006, Southern Miss 19, UCF 14. A uh, Jerome Lyons interception sealed the deal for the Golden Eagles as they defeat the UCF Knights. But as I'm going through here, looking at old games and old schedules and kind of seeing, you know, what were significant wins on this particular date, there were quite, the five from uh, against Auburn were apparent, and there were several games in that series where it was really close, like we lost to Auburn by a point or a couple mm-hmm. of points. There were a lot of really, really close games um, in this series. And I know times have changed. I know that the, the resources are vastly different. They were vastly different back in the day, but they're even more vastly different now. And, um, but you, you, you kind of hope that you get some of that old school Southern Miss magic back where, you know, we go in, we hit them in the mouth and, and, and come out of there with the, you know, at least feeling better about ourselves, you know? Yeah. Well, you better believe that Jay Hobson, that he hadn't forgotten those times. Um, he's almost kind of like one of us, really. You know, he, he, he is a Sutter Miss guy. And, 
And I'm sure that he's going to have plenty, uh, plenty in his holster as far as the pregame speech, and it's probably going to include a lot of that stuff. I'd probably even throw in some clips, wouldn't you? Go back, get some clips together. Same field right there. I don't want to like go Hoosiers on him, but uh, and, and run the tape measure all the way down the down the field. But um, I mean, yeah, it's happened. And these young fans that we have today, I know a lot of them do know about all that old stuff, but it just was not that long ago. It was a blink of an eye. To where the field was pretty much level, right? Um, and to, to think that we're never going to get back to that point is just is is um is just it, it's I I don't want to say it's never going to happen, but to to think that it's impossible is idiotic. So I would love for this weekend to just at least, and even if we don't win the game this weekend, um. To at least be able to take a step forward towards regaining that swagger and just and, and getting everybody back on board with what damn it Southern Miss football is, right? Right, right. Got to get back there, and I, I think that I think we're we're getting closer. And I haven't watched. I usually don't watch Southeastern Conference football unless they're taking on. Uh, unless they're a, unless they're getting a, spanked by North Texas. Yeah, unless they're getting spanked by North Texas, then I'll flip over. But uh, so far this season. The Tigers are three and one. First game of the season, they defeated the number six Washington Huskies twenty-one to six. They defeated Alabama State sixty-three to nine. They fell twenty-two to twenty-one to Coach O and the LSU Tigers, and then they defeated the Arkansas Razorbacks thirty-four to three. All right, before we talk about the spread in this game, the spread as of I, th- I think I saw it was around twenty-nine, but According to ESPN, I guess I don't know if they do this when the game's kicked off. Auburn was a thirty and a half point favorite, right? Mm-hmm. They won by thirty one points, hmm. thirty four to three. So they just edged it out. As of right now, the line in the Southern Miss game, I think on some certain sites it opened at twenty nine and a half, some thirty and a half. It is down to twenty seven now. So there is a lot of money going on the Golden Eagles in Vegas and Biloxi and probably everywhere else that takes books. But I saw this tweet from SBR Sports Picks. They seem like a pretty legit site, have like 18,000 followers. But uh, they had this tweet. It said, there's a really chalky play in Conference USA. For those that aren't familiar with DFS or Daily Fantasy or sports betting, chalky is usually you know the pick that everybody's going with. So... Really chalky playing Conference USA this week. Um, SBR Pro Doug Upstone points out, and it is Southern Miss getting 27 points at Auburn. And they do not think that Auburn is going to cover the spread, or rather they think the Golden Eagles will cover the spread. I don't know that anybody projects us to win, but they seem to think that we have a, a really good shot at covering that. And when you start looking at things and you start breaking it down, I mean – the Golden Eagles haven't given up many points. You have to expect that Auburn's going to put up points given their offense. Uh, you have to think the Golden Eagles have a shot at putting up points. You know, the way we throw the ball around, mm-hmm. the way our defense plays. I, I just don't see them coming in here and stomping a mud hole in us, especially with the youth on offense. And um, they've, they've had some issues on offense that they haven't quite figured out. So I, I think – I don't think they're going to take a full 30 and a half. 27 and a half is where I'd start saying, well, let me think about this. It's four touchdowns, but I still think we can cover it, but that's a little bit 
less of a what you would would say would be a lock at thirty and a half. Yeah, and I hate to jump the gun on that earlier, but it it it's it's um so hard for me <laughs> to to step out of my fanboy seat. Right, um, right. But if you're just straight up looking at the stats, you're looking at a team that that's that's ranked in the top what 15, 20 nationally offensively, and a team that's only given up 16 points a game defensively. Um, so you got to figure that that team is probably going to be a little bit harder to score on than some of the, your your opponents that you've played, and maybe that they might score a little bit more than maybe some people that you've played. And, and so this, like this side none, none of that adds up to like like if Sutter Miss scores seventeen points and then Auburn would have to score what to cover um forty six something like that and I'm not I saying it's say, not possible I, we I'm just we saying, don't know but it yeah, doesn't seem as likely our defense even giving up that many points um and our offense not scoring at all I don't know that's that's a lot of points I'm not yeah, telling anybody on here to get down um but. Uh, that's that's a that's a whole bunch of touchdowns. Also has some notes in here that over the last decade, uh, Southern Miss is five and five against the spread when facing ranked opponents. So I can think back to a few of those where, uh, you know, not only, we are not only covered but won, but uh, five and five, pretty respectable. Talks about us averaging thirty eight points per game right now. Jack Abraham completing seventy two percent of his passes. We've got the number nine passing offense in the country. Um, you know, says, of course, major problem is Abraham never faced, has faced a pass rush like Auburn's. Very true. taking on a secondary with these coverage skills and this type of speed. But if he can continue to complete at that high of a percentage, then we certainly should cover. This is the type of game that you, you would, you would love to be able to hit on some really big plays, which I think we can with the weapons that we have, right? And I would also love to be able to hang in there in the time of possession game. Because a lot of these SEC teams, that's what it's it's kind of the, the blueprint against um, against us. If you're playing LSU, Bama, Auburn, they're all kind of the same. Um, they want to wear you down and take over in the second half. It all starts up front. It's yeah. all it all starts with the up front, and it starts with rotating guys in and out. And we're building some depth up front. I don't think mm-hmm. we're quite there yet. Uh, we got a few guys with some decent size, but um, I think in the next two years, I think we should be more competitive in those areas. I don't think it's fair, you know, having seventy three, I guess seventy two now, or seventy one really mm-hmm. um, scholarship players on roster. I don't think it's really fair to expect. To go toe to toe with the teams like this that have just unheard of resources and are able to get the blue chip athletes to come to town. And to outsiders, they probably think we're insane for even having these conversations, but we've seen the Golden Eagles in the past. We expect to go toe to toe with these types of teams. Exactly. Hey, it's a test. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a big old test and it's the toughest test uh, we've faced so far this year. And um, but it's also it's it's a game where if you if you're gonna have a chance, in my opinion, uh, you have you cannot blow assignments, you cannot drop passes, um, you've probably got to get a little bit of luck, as far as a ball bouncing your way, and if you're in it at the end, um, you know, push all your chips to the middle of the table, and um, 
And, and, and in a game like that, if we can't keep it close, uh, you know, with our, with our kicking game, I, I think arguably we have the best place kicker in the country. And, and Everett, goodness gracious, every time he kicks it, it goes 50 yards, you know? So, but, but in order for, and that's a lot of stuff that has to happen. But the point is that it, is that it can happen. So, uh, we just got to keep our head, get in there, play assignment football, coach them up and, and just see what happens. Yeah. And I certainly don't expect us to win this game. Um, I don't know that I expect us to win the next two. I mean, I hope we're competitive. I hope we win, but being somewhat realistic about things, I don't, you know, I don't expect us to go to Auburn and beat Auburn. I don't expect us to go to North Texas and beat North Texas. But after that, it gets a little easier. You know, that this is kind of the heart of the schedule. And after we get through this is when we'll probably really start to see how the season is going to shape out. Are you, uh, are you going to Auburn? I am not. Are you going to North Texas? I am not. I don't have North Texas money. I wouldn't <laughs> go to, I don't like going to Southeastern Conference no, schools. I can't do they it. Just I can't have, handle it. It's just a prick atmosphere at most all of them for some reason. I don't know really how to explain it. I had a good time at Florida. But you know, dude, time, I, yeah. I, I really honestly had a great time at LSU. I really, yeah, LSU wasn't bad. You're right. I, I was not what I was expecting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something about the ones kind of right here in the heart of things that <laughs> I just have no interest in partaking in, in their atmosphere. Um, I'd rather go see us play North Texas. You Let's know, go. I'm, jump I'm, in, jump I'm, in the man van. We're going. I'm, I'm hoping, well, you know, I'll just be coming back from Minneapolis that week during our bye. It's right on the way. Yes, exactly. It's right on the way. <laughs> but I'm really, you know, you're talking about having blast at, at Rice this past weekend. I guess what I'm saying is keep an even keel. Regardless of what happens these next two games, we're not expect. I mean, we got nothing to lose these next two games because no, I don't think anybody's going to pick us to win either of these two games. So you just hope for the best. But stay focused and motivated, ready to come back for homecoming. Going to be an amazing atmosphere at the Rock, taking on UTSA September. I mean, excuse me, October the twentieth. That's a Saturday, the night before. If you want to make a weekend out of it, you can go do the family stuff at live at five downtown, or you can come to the Hannibal Burr Show. We're putting on. At the mm-hmm. Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg, uh, one of the biggest comedy shows we've ever had, if if not the biggest. We're also going to have a block party outside. I just found that out before the show. So make wow. a whole weekend out of it. Come out to come out to the Sanger. Come out, spend all day out uh, on campus. Come out to the Rock that night against UTSA. It's going to be a great time. I've already heard from several people haven't been to a game yet this year that are coming to that game. Uh, several of my friends are coming back into town. So. Really looking forward to that weekend. So everybody, you know, start start getting the excitement going for homecoming. Let's let's make it a, a an unbelievable atmosphere in Hattiesburg. Pumped, ready for it. I gotta buy my Hannibal tickets. Oh yeah, I got I, I got mine the first. I don't even. Hey, know. H- how how would I go about buying those tickets? Except for just calling you and saying, hey, do you have some? If I can I go online and buy those? You can go online. You can go to HannibalBurst.com and then his tour is up there on the website. You can click on there and have there's a ticket link to that. Also you can go to the Hub City Comedy's Facebook page, Twitter account, and Instagram account. We've got links um to the ticket sites on all of those. So very good question. Very good plug. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guests this week, Smitty. You can follow him on Twitter at Smitty Eagle. 
Chad Dickens. You can follow him at Chad Dickens 4. John Adam Hackney. You can follow him at John A. Burgundy. You can follow us at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J. Bailey. We're on Facebook as well. Also, I'm on Instagram, and To The Top Talk is on Instagram. So make sure you follow us on all the social media outlets. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. If you don't enjoy the show, tell your friends. Spread the, spread the black and gold gospel. Look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Please subscribe so you can keep up with all the episodes and get them as soon as they are released. Give us a rating and a review. Jason, do you have any final thoughts on the show? Pick to click for this weekend. Quez Watkins, eight catches, two touchdowns. Wow. All right. You're welcome. Well, okay. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly take that. <laughs> um, well, I guess that does it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.